This is a story about a dude named Lane. He moved to the mainland and bought one place to stay. And then one day he went try to rent them out. And then he became one real investor man. All right. Welcome, everybody. This is the April 2021 monthly market update where I go over all the latest happenings that impact real estate and my investment portfolio. I don't know about yours. If you guys want to check this out on the YouTube channel, go to the School Passive Cashflow, search that. And all the videos of all these past months are found at simplepassivecashflow.com slash investor letter. But let's get going. The uh, Easter egg this month, if you guys want to grab the free giveaway, go to simplepassivecashflow.com slash QRP, QRP, Quail Ralph Paul, to get the free book to learn how to avoid UDFI and UBIT tax. You get hit when you start to invest with that type of accounts, your qualified retirement money in leverage investments. And you do want to use leverage, right? We all want it to a certain point, right? Where you get the best returns with cash flow. But yeah, I think if you were listening to our last office deal webinar, it was funny talking with the Fanning office folks. A lot of them don't know what this QRP, solo 401ks and Roth IRAs. And we were laughing because the ultra high net worth don't do that stuff. <laughs> so it made me laugh quite a bit. But for a lot of you guys under $4 million net worth, a lot of your equity might be in your retirement accounts. And this may be one way to get it out. But I kind of think for most people, it just makes sense to take it out. But I, of course, therein lies the strategy. And that's why you listen to the Simple Passive Cashflow podcast. And uh, check us out and join the investor club, simplepassivecashflow.com slash club and get all the insider secrets, such as do I need to be using QRP? First place. All right. So first thing here, this is a sort of indicator on TSA checkpoint screenings. So yeah, TSA, the security folks at the airport, this measures a seven day moving average and it is definitely coming back up as of March, April from the low of April, 2020. We're about halfway there from the peak of where we used to be prior to 2020 and 2019. So things are coming back. Slowly, we're not, we're like halfway there in terms of TSA stats. And if you guys are listening to this in podcast form, if you go to Simple Passive Cashflow Podcasts, and you want to get a glimpse of all the cool charts that I put together here and the fun graphics, you could also check this out on our YouTube channel or at simplepassivecashflow.com slash investor letter, of course. Stimulus plan came out again, another $1.9 trillion one. My wife says, I asked her, how many stimulus plans do you think there were? She was like, three, because I got three checks. Really, I think there's four or five by now. And uh, there's probably going to be, I'm guessing, two, maybe three more to come later this year. Who knows, maybe even next year. But uh, yeah, I think stimulus helps investors, right? That's essentially just running up debt. And the people who are going into deals with good debt are they going to be the benefactors in the future. But here's a little chart, just checking yourself where you fall based on how many dependents you had come to you. But you guys are all smart. You guys got your checks. You, you guys are cool. You guys do a direct deposit. Now, this is something interesting moving forward. Not to say anything politically. Actually, I don't say anything politically. I don't really, really care one way or the other. But I do know Democrats typically spend more money in terms of stimulus dollars, and which ultimately helped me. So I guess that's a cool thing in the end. But Senator Ben Cardin let a little thing slip there on the hot mic 
he said that Democrats will most likely, and I quote, most likely use reconciliation on an infrastructure package. And basically what that is, now that the Senate and the House is majority power going to the Democrats, they can use this to bully their bills and stimulus packages through. So it is what it is. They have the edge. Actually, in all, the president's Democrat too. So all three branches of government going to the Democrats. And then you ask me, I don't care. Look, guys, spend your time on making money at your job or investing your money and spend less time on worrying on things you can't control. Figure out where the puck is going. Go there. All right. Now I'll probably get some hate mail or some trolls on the YouTube channel for that. But it is what it is. Anyway, a lot of folks are thinking that the US GDP is going to go gangbusters. I think we've shown Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac stats. Here is one from the conference board where they are showing some upside projections, downside projections, and the base projections. Actually, about I like to see the optimistic, pessimistic, and then the baseline ideals just to compare them. But yeah, they're expecting growth expectations to reach 5 to 6% for 2021 due to COVID-19 relief spending and the overall things getting back in movement. If you've been following my journey, I've been selling my initial real property and transitioning into syndication deals lately for a more purely passive investment strategy. One critical part of my portfolio is the American Home Preservation Fund, or what folks in the Hui call AHP for short. George Newberry, once apartment owner, operator, and mentor to me, is now sponsoring the podcast. His private fund, which by the way also accepts non-accredited investors, cuts the middlemen out and allows you to invest directly with him to fight the mortgage crisis in America. Join him by purchasing distressed mortgages while getting a double-digit annual return paid monthly. Find something else better out there? Well, let me know. Feel good knowing that you are helping families stay in their home after buying their underwater note at a huge discount. Invest as little as $100 by going to ahpservicing.com investors. And if you want the free burn zone book, please send me an email at lane at simplepassivecashflow.com. I like to buy stuff. Well, that's a liability. Here's some demographic trends. I think this is no surprise to everybody. The big green dots are where the top 10 population rank growth is. These are in no particular order going from the right to the left or east to west. Raleigh, Charlotte, Atlanta, Houston, Dallas, Fort Worth, Austin, San Antonio, Phoenix, Arizona, Salt Lake City, and Las Vegas. Those are the top 10. The bottom 10 are Los Angeles, Orange County, Milwaukee, Detroit, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Baltimore, New York City, I believe that's New Haven and Philadelphia. Bigger Pockets, I don't know where these guys get their data from, but they said top cities for red growth in 2020. Number one, Houston, Texas, Portland, Oregon, Dallas, Texas, Chicago, Illinois, St. Petersburg, Florida, Phoenix, Arizona, Round Rock, Texas, Oklahoma City, Scottsdale, Arizona, and Killeen, Texas. If you're reading this chart, they're saying Houston rent growth is going to go up 19%. I don't know where they're getting their numbers from, but I'm just throwing out these percentages personally, but I'm you know just looking at the top 10 and, hey, these are good markets is the message that I'm pulling away as an investor. John Burns put out this cool article with five new home design stops and starts. 
So things that are coming in in terms of trend, things are going out. First one, healthy living. So less focusing on the materials used to build the home and start focusing on creating a healthy lifestyle in the new home, such as low VLC materials. Uh, marketing should emphasize things such as better sleep and easy to clean surfaces throughout the design rather than those certifications or low block materials. I guess what they're saying is those lead, platinum, silver. I always thought that stuff is garbage in the first place. It was just like contests of who could pay the most to these guys to give them the best score. Uh, actually, I shouldn't say that, but I guess what they're saying is those certifications are being less and less important and getting back to the basics of easy to clean services and better sleep. Next thing, rethinking privacy. So are they placing the windows in the right location? And homeowners have a strong preference about their entry design and most don't want a front porch for unplanned conversations with their neighbor. I guess that's what a garage is for. You just open the garage, drive in, you close the garage, you don't have to talk to anybody. You never have to get out. Just go to your, your cubicle at home, go to your cubicle at work, go to your cubicle that drives you around. Number three, functional tech. Smart tech should make the home run smoothly from behind the scenes. Going away are the touchless tech and the voice assistance still have some runway from growth. I don't know about you, but I still don't trust Mrs. S. She always gets it wrong. Mrs. A, I'm learning how to control that one. I'm not going to say it because things will start to go the largest opportunity for smart homes is tech that identifies maintenance issues before disaster strikes. I think maybe they're talking about those fancy refrigerators that I don't have that tells you when something is going bad or something like that. I know none of the such. I don't have a Google house like that because I rent and I'm happy. Sound and sight home offices are historically been in the front of the house, which is exactly where consumers don't want. They want to put them in the back of the house or upstairs with a window in front of the desk and wall behind the desk for effective video conferencing. Interesting. Yeah, but this makes sense, right? They want to have their uh, office in the back hidden, yes. Young families will invest in homes. Despite the theoretically having less disposable income, young families want the private spaces, the healthier home, and multifunctional kitchen, and the sanctioning bathrooms at most are also more likely to replace a perfectly functional appliance or fixture if it is out of style. Start focusing on more helping them with their busy lives. You know, this might be the trend, right, for the 5% that can actually afford their own damn house, but 95% of them, or the vast majority, can't afford it and will live in rentals and apartments. So what they can afford not is what nice to have. But now I'm starting to sound like an old grumpy man. Moving on to some commercial stuff here, Disney to close 60 stores in North America. So if you guys like to dive in that massive pile of Disney plush toys, I guess you probably can't do that anymore because they don't allow you to touch the uh, merchandise, but they might even be closing your nearby Disney store. So you're gonna have to go to Disneyland to get your stuff or go to eBay. Refinance loans propel yet another increase in home mortgage lending activity during the fourth quarter of 2020. This is from Adam Datum Solutions. So what they're saying here is purchases, refinance, and HELOCs are on the uptick as of the last three quarters. Now this makes sense, right? People are getting back into the market, uh, more, more lending action. Another top 10 market from alndata.com. Now this is more apartments. Top 10 markets. Phoenix, Arizona, Tampa, Florida, Dallas, Fort Worth, Houston. Those are your top five, top four by long shot. 
now you start to get into Atlanta, Seattle, North Carolina, Follettaville, Raleigh, North Carolina, Denver, Colorado, Orlando, Florida rounds up top 10. With Phoenix, Tampa, Dallas, Houston, Atlanta, top five. Joint Center for Housing Studies of Harvard University came up with this cool article. And I'm just taking this one figure that I saw useful where the rise in young adults living with parents early in the pandemic was mostly reversed after the summer. So what they're saying is the young adults, they obviously moved in with mom and dad starting last year, but then now they're regressing back and moving back out. And it has it broken down between 18 to 24 years old, which, yeah, a lot more of them went running back to mom and dad, as opposed to the 25 to 29 year old. This is a great resource, this Joint Center for Housing Studies of Harvard University. I don't think this is very biased industry data, like some of the multifamily housing news, but these are very rich articles if you guys are bored and you want a good resource. Another resource from alndata.com does a lot of apartments, top 10 worst markets. And the naughty 10 is New York City, Los Angeles, Chicago, Grand Rapids, Michigan, Birmingham, Alabama, Shreveport, Louisiana, Illinois, Springfield, Northwest Arkansas, Buffalo, New York, Richmond, Virginia. But I think out of this list, New York City is by far the biggest loser. New York City, the rest of the list, they're losing some population, but not too much. Huge news coming out of Phoenix, Arizona, as we mentioned them earlier. Phoenix mixed-use project takes a giant leap, reported by commercial property executive as this development would comprise 2.1 million square feet of light industrial as well as office retail and entertainment space. And this is uh, Keystone Equity's recent acquisition of 129.39 acres in Goodyear, Arizona, situated at the Interstate 10 and Loop 303. More things from Phoenix, Pintar Investment, Suncrest Real Estate to develop a 109-unit build-to-rent community in Phoenix. Now, this is something I've been hearing a lot about on podcast land. Some of you guys have sent in emails on this, and I just think it's people are just like building turnkey rentals to sell to unsophisticated investors. But it makes sense, right? People want newer stuff these days. They don't need to be in the best areas. They just want it to be new. And I see the appeal to this. This is why people would rather be in smaller living conditions like a condo, one-bedroom, high-rise apartment where it's new. They have all the cool amenities and it's cheaper as opposed to being in a larger house or traditional housing environment. But you know, people have, there's like this thesis that you know, people want new. So when you give the people to what they want that can't afford it, you have to buy to rent. So the investor buys it and then rents it out. I'm not a big fan of this, but hey, prove me wrong, right guys? But they're building that in Phoenix because of the population growth. Another chart here. Market five-year rent growth projections over the national average. So this is a five-year rent horizon. Phoenix, Arizona, number one on the list at 37% rent growth in this five-year period. Second place, Inland Empire, California, San Bernardino area, 32%. Dallas, Fort Worth, 32% in this five-year period. Atlanta, Georgia, 31%. And then you go down to Baltimore, Seattle, New York City, Northern New Jersey, Central Valley, California, Orange County, Oakland, San Francisco, why can't I say it? Peninsula. 
Now, these are all the big rent growth jumps over a long period, right? Not just six months or a year, but a five-year period. These are your long-term trends. And out of this list, a lot of your primary markets, right, which you've come to expect. But out of these, the top 20, top 24 markets that actually will cash flow, let me go through here. The only ones we'll do it will be Phoenix. I don't think Inland Empire will cash flow, which is too much close to Los Angeles. And it's in the state of California. Who wants to own real estate there? Where the tenant owns all the power. Dallas, Fort Worth, Atlanta. Yeah, I like those markets. But all these other ones, they're all blue states. You're not going to, the rent to value ratios, you're not going to be able to cash flow in a class B or C asset. Indianapolis, number 15 on the list, is on here. That cash flows. Salt Lake, not really, you can't really cash flow there anymore. Tampa Bay, Detroit, you can sort of, but that's getting lower on the list. More news from Tempe, which is essentially Phoenix. The house enters Arizona market with $177 million multifamily development in Tempe, which will feature a 310 studio, one, two, and three bedroom. So yeah, more development. And also here's another one, Intel expands. What, what's making all this Phoenix news? Intel expands Arizona footprint with $20 billion investment. Two new factories will be developed at the company's campus, Chandler, Arizona, which is pretty much Phoenix. Now, John Burns, with their March Madness theme, came up with these fun-themed bracketology for their next emerging market. So in the Southeast Conference, Greenville, South Carolina, Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, South is poised to welcome 82% of the national household growth over the next decade, which is why we like to invest in Alabama and Texas. We're looking at, I don't know, as much Knoxville, but yeah, Knoxville, not Memphis, but Knoxville and some of those smaller markets in Tennessee have been looking good. I don't really look at South Carolina. To me, it's just too far, but I hear it's a great market. Western Conference, the Tucson, Arizona, Fort Collins, Colorado are benefiting from the rapid growth and rising prices in Phoenix and Denver. I don't know if you can cash flow in Denver or Fort Collins. That's the problem with that. I'm not saying that they're bad places, but you just can't cash flow there. Bracket Busters, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and Spokane, Washington are booming for their relative affordability, house prices, and house prices that are rapidly rising. And then the perennial powerhouses, I guess these are your North Carolinas and your Dukes. Austin, Texas, and Phoenix, Arizona, both markets merit mentions as university cities as a clear destination for new home buyers, particularly out of California. Do you guys go on YouTube and inundate with these videos of people saying why they're, they're getting the heck out of California? It's hot stuff these days. Hot topics, very tweetable topics or YouTube algorithm friendly topics, leaving California to go to Texas. Arizona, Vegas. And here's a screenshot of the Yardi Matrix, another multifamily apartment uh, rent tracker that I follow. Year over year rent growth of all asset classes. Take a little breather here. If you guys have not yet, join our community, get educated, go through our Huido Pipeline free e-course that is up this month. Go to simplepassacashflow.com slash club for that. And if you've been following with us and getting a sense of our community and our unique tribe of high net worth working professionals trying to get our net worth from one to $10 million, check out our family office Ohana Mastermind, which is to grow your network and also get in a group of other like-minded high paid professionals. To learn more, go to simplepassacashflow.com slash journey. And for those of you guys just getting started, maybe your net worth is under a quarter million dollars 
trying to pick up your first rental property or remote turnkey rental, check out the Simple Passive Cash Flow Remote Investor Incubator. Check out the e-course if you just want to dip your toe in that. But you can learn more about that at simplepassivecashflow.com slash incubator for information about the e-course and incubator there. But we're going to transition more into what I've been doing a little lately. We see we have some live attendees there. If you guys want to drop some questions or comments into the question answer box, we'll get to it at the end. But I always try and find ways to keep growing, keep improving. So I've been getting some business coaching lately, trying to improve my skills in terms of leadership, which means hiring people. I'm learning that I'm going to be a father soon. So I cannot do this simple passive cash flow dance for 12 hours every single day. And I need to bring the team around me. So I am trying to grow myself that way, which is very difficult. How did we create a little contribution this last month? Well, a bunch of our deals just closed, went full cycle. Atlanta, Georgia, that one you guys remember? If you guys were with us back in 2018, we just more than doubled investor money in two and a half years. Huntsville investors doubled investors money in three years. Another one, we 26% return people in two years. And again, another year in Chattanooga. And we also got this other deal in Texas. I can't say where it is yet because it's not final yet, but we are looking like it's going to be 130 something percent return in five years. We're in the talks with buyers for that right now to cement that total return. But on that deal, it was rocky up, starting out the gates. Occupancy actually went down to the 60%, which is very rare. Probably that happens, things pretty goes pretty smoothly 90% of the time, but this is like the 10% of the exceptions. We crawled all the way back and continue to doing the business plan rehab in units. And yeah, it's great when we can make, put investors at ease and get right the ship. The truth is these assets are pretty resilient. And yeah, maybe we don't pay up distributions for a little bit. The business plan is going along. The business plan is through increased rents and eventually cash in with a big return, like how we are looking like it's going to be here shortly. So woohoo, woohoo on that. But also woohoo on our recent closing last week, a 303 unit class B in Houston, Texas, Cambridge Village Apartments. For those of you who have joined us, if you guys like red wine, white wine, champagne, or you're just crazy enough like this guy, he doesn't even need a drink. Congratulations and thanks for jumping on this one with us. Uh, a little bit of uncertainty here for myself. And this is the crazy thing, right? Like, where does my headaches come from? Not from these big, robust deals, but from this pain in the butt single family homes that I still own two of these things. And we've been trying to get this one sold for like a whole year. And I'm not, not complaining or anything like that. As a remote landlord, I have very little recourse control of how things go. Here it is getting fixed up. I don't know when this thing is going to sell. I've given up hope. I just written it off. Uh, luckily, I think I'll make a profit on this one, but man, what a headache. It's definitely not worth the trouble. I don't know why anybody does those birds of pain. It's cool. You can make 20, 30% return your money like that, but for the risk of working with a bunch of lower level contractors, wiring money remotely, to me, it's not the way for more accredited investors or guys over half a million dollars in worth. But hey, that's just me. Call me lazy if you want. But how do I get certainty? That's one of the big important things for folks. And going back to that El Paso deal, occupancy dropped pretty much to 50%. And we crawled back in two years to get that thing back to 90% stabilized. And, and I'm 
pretty confident that we're going to get to 20% people's money in three years on that. It's phenomenal. A little rocky start, but that's how things go. And the foam family office of Hana Mastermind, the group with the group tank and the collective genius, more information, go to simplepassivecashflow.com slash journey is, is the largest it's ever been. We had a lot of people in the beginning try us out. They paid the intro price. Some didn't renew. Some weren't the right fit. But overall, the last couple of years, people have been joining and we are at the highest level membership as possible. And now I've created more of an elder program where people stick around. They be up for another year and they try and help out the community more. For now, new members coming in, we give them a couple of mentors, um, people who have been in the group for more than a year that help jumpstart their networking and also have another person that's another viewpoint other than myself and the other staff to help them out. So we're trying to make this program better every single day. Uh, you guys are always interested in the crap I'm buying. So what did I buy this month? Doodads. So I bought these, these felt planters. They're still on my couch. I haven't put dirt in them, but I bought them because I was going to grow like sweet potatoes and potatoes. And I guess there's like a little Velcro flap that you can see when it's ready. They're like 20 bucks, I think. Gets me outside. And then I actually am really into like worms and stuff like that. So I bought this compost container where you put like all the composting stuff in there. And then every few days I run it out to the worms, and throw it in the compost pile. And then I'm getting back into the Sophie thing. Sifuing fish and steaks. But yeah, again, if you guys want to grab the QRP book, go to simplepassivecashflow.com slash QRP. Nothing here should be taken as legal, tax, financial investment advice. Think for yourself, folks. We're here just to educate you guys and connect you with the right people. But we will see you guys next month. All right. Aloha, everybody. It's May Day coming up. Bye. This website offers very general information concerning real estate for investment purposes. Every investor situation is unique. Always seek the services of licensed third-party appraisers and inspectors to verify the value and condition of any property you intend to purchase. Use the services of professional title and escrow companies and licensed tax, investment, and or legal advisor before relying on any information contained herein. Information is not guaranteed as in every investment there is risk. The content found here is just my opinion and things change and I reserve the right to change my mind. Above all else, do your own analysis and think for yourself because in the end, you are the only person who is going to look out for your best interests.